Chapter 6, The Worm That Dieth Not O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Our divine Savior says, If thy hand scandalizeth thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than, having two hands, to go into hell, into the fire that cannot be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not extinguished. If thy foot scandalizeth thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter lame into life than, having two feet, to be cast into hell of unquenchable fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not extinguished. And if thy eye scandalizeth thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee with one eye to enter the kingdom of God than having two eyes to be cast into the hell of fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not extinguished. Mark chapter 9, verses 42 through 47. By these words, our blessed Redeemer wished to impress on our minds the necessity of avoiding the occasions of sin and of making even the most painful sacrifices to avoid sin and thus escape the endless pains of hell. He, moreover, wished to engrave deeply in our minds the fact that the two of the most fearful torments of hell are its unquenchable fire and its never-dying worm. We have seen in a foregoing chapter in what consists the terrible fire of hell. It now remains to us to examine in what consists the worm that dieth not. All the senses of the reprobate have each their peculiar punishment. Their reason or intellect is punished by the pain of loss, a punishment far surpassing that of the senses. The memory of the reprobate is tormented by the worm that dieth not, that is, by a most keen and constant remorse of conscience, which will give them no rest. The lost sinner will remember how many graces and means of salvation he had during life to save his soul, how God sent him so many holy inspirations, how he received so many good instructions, how he had the grace of prayer within his power to enable him to practice his virtues of state, to overcome temptation, to keep the commandments of God and of his church, how his pious friends exhorted him to lead a good life by both their exhortations, but especially by their good example, how he had so many opportunities of instructing himself in his obligations by the hearing of the word of God and the reading of good books, and of strengthening himself in the discharge of his duties by the reception of the sacraments and by the practice of devotion to the Blessed Virgin. The lost sinner will, in a word, remember with how little trouble he might have saved his soul and avoided hell. He will say to himself, So little effort was required for my salvation. Even after my numerous sins, a good confession would have sufficed. But through shame, through human respect, I did not make it. How foolish I was. How often did my conscience, my family, my friends urge me to go to confession, but it was all in vain. Others committed greater sins than I, but they bewailed them, went to confession and changed their life, and now they are enjoying unspeakable happiness in heaven. And as for me, I am lost forever, and that through my own fault, for I had at my disposal a superabundance of means of salvation. But now repentance is unavailing. It is too late. But let us consider the expressions of regret of the various lost sinners. Their sorrow is vain, for like that of Judas, it is the sorrow of despair. During life, 
these lost sinners will say to themselves, I loved ease and comfort and luxury, fine garments, costly jewelry, and princely mansions. To gain these, I did not scruple to defraud my neighbor in every available way. I stole from my employers, I took false oaths, I joined secret societies, I even sold my virtue. I stayed away from mass, I ate meat on forbidden days, I neglected the sacraments, I went so far as to deny my faith. I contracted marriage before a civil magistrate or before a heretical minister. I contracted a mixed marriage without dispensation. I got a divorce and then ventured to break the laws of God and of the church by getting married again. I wished to be free, to do just as I pleased. The laws of God and of his church forbade me to frequent dangerous occasions, and I spurned these laws because I wished to enjoy myself and gratify my passions by going with persons and into places that were dangerous to me. And thus I fell repeatedly into sins, even the most shameful. God commanded me to be pure and chaste, and I took delight in gratifying my basest passions in every possible way, and sought every occasion of doing so. How criminally I acted in neglecting to give my children a religious education, and thus caused them to lose their souls. During life, I was fond of listening to and joining in backbiting, calumny, obscene discourses, and even irreligious conversations. I loved to read filthy novels and to gaze on immodest pictures and objects. While on earth, I yielded to my passions for strong drink and indulged in it to an excess until I degraded myself below the brute and committed crimes innumerable against my wife and children and against my neighbor. During life, I delighted in cursing, swearing, and uttering fearful oaths and imprecations and in quarreling and gambling and in almost every crime. And now I find myself in the gloomy prison of hell, in company of a countless multitude of villains, murderers, and of the most degraded beings that have ever lived. I have no longer a loving parent, a loving child, a sympathizing friend. No, all the ties of friendships, all the ties of nature are forever broken, forever turned into devilish hate. Every evil spirit, every reprobate insults me, curses me, tortures me, seeks to make me suffer the more. I must submit to all of this because during life I refuse to submit to the holy will of God. I could so easily have been saved and now I am lost, lost forever. And that through my own fault, never shall I see God, never shall I enjoy the delights of heaven, never more shall I be released from these terrible torments. It is now too late. All this and much more will the worm of conscience say to the damned, stinging him with reproaches so relentlessly that he will almost be driven crazy with despair. In fact, the damned will rave and rage as if they were possessed and will invoke curses on themselves. But all in vain, it is too late for repentance. This terrible remorse will do nothing towards atoning for their sins. It will only add to their anguish. Consider this, obdurate sinner, who dost sin so boldly, and even when thy conscience pricks thee, turn us a deaf ear to its reproaches. Be assured that one day thy conscience will be thy tormentor, and will plague thee more pertinaciously than the demons themselves. If thou dost desire to escape this never-ending misery, listen to the voice of conscience now. Follow its counsel when it bids thee abstain from doing evil and urges thee to do that which is right. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner.